I've just been having fun working with this this whole series on Nehemiah. It's really helped me see things in a different way in society. So Nehemiah chapter 8, Ezra reads the Listen to God's word. When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their own towns, all the people assembled as one man in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened, what? Attentively. Attentively. They paid attention to it. The book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right should Mattathiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilakiah, the Messiah, and also on the left were Pedadiah, Mishael, Malachajah, Hashem, Hashabadana, and Zechariah, and Mishalom. That's some pretty good names, aren't they? Wow. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, all the people, what? Stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen! Amen! They bowed, begot, they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Cherubinah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodadiah, Messiah, Elkaita, Azariah, Jehozabad, Hanan, and Peleliah instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites were instructing the people, said to them all, this, is, this day is sacred to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the word of the law. And Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites come to all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a sacred day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, send portions of food, and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understand the words that have been made known to them. On the second day of the month, the heads of all the families, along with the priests and the Levites, gathered around Ezra the scribe to give attention to the words of the law. They found written in the law which the Lord had commanded through Moses. And the Israelites were to live in booths during the feast of the seventh month, and that they should go proclaim this word and spread it throughout their towns and in Jerusalem. Go out into the hill country and bring back branches from the olive and wild olive trees, and from the myrtles and palms and shade trees to make booths, for as it is written. So the people went out and brought back branches and built themselves booths on their own roofs, their own courtyards, in the courts of the house of God, in the square by the water gate, and one by the gate of Ephraim. The whole company had returned from exile, built booths, and lived in them. From the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until the days the Israelites had not celebrated. It liked this, and their joy was very great. 
day after day from the first day to the last, Ezra read from the book of the law of God. They celebrated the feast for seven days, and on the eighth day, in accordance with the regulation, there was an assembly. Here's the reading of God's precious and holy word. What do you think of our country? I was reflecting on this over the past couple weeks after all the strife and anger and hatred that's taking place in a lot of city streets. I, my heart is broken. America, it is a great, great land. Young men and women in the past have signed up to protect our country with their own lives and their blood. Does that mean anything today? America. A beautiful place. A place that is being torn apart by division. I've seen many times in my own life when, when the devil can't get his way, what does he try to do? He tries to divide. I see that happening in families between, between children or even spouses. Divide and conquer. I've seen it happen in churches where the devil works to divide families in the church to get angry with one another. Divide and conquer. I see it happening in our own nation where it's easy to divide people because of race, the color of their skin, and who they are. Divide and conquer. And it breaks my heart. Because we have a great and a beautiful nation. A nation that's filled with beauty and wonder. The fields at the farmer's farm feed the world. Her shores offer refuge to those who are just seeking a better life. America in her own short history, with a very proud land, can show the world many things. When our founding fathers came to our shores, they brought with them a reverence for the Word of God. American statesman Daniel Webster said this, The Bible came with our forefathers, and it is not to be doubted that to the free and universal reading of the Bible is to be subscribed in an age that where men were indebted to the right and the honoring of other people's lives and civil liberties. The Bible is important. President Woodrow Wilson said this, America was born to exemplify that devotion to the elements of righteousness that come only from the Holy Scriptures. Early in our history, our country was founded on the Word of God. It was an important influence, and it shaped our country. What shape is our country in today? It's pretty sad. And I ask the question, is our country still a country that loves the Word of God? Oh, we've got to be open. We've got to have freedom of speech. We have to have this. And, you know, people can believe what they want. But as Christians, 
do we still hold to the truths found in God's word? Let's bring it real close to home. People who attend worship every Sunday to, to praise and worship God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Are we people of the word and do we desire it? Let's even bring it a little bit closer to our home right now, right? With us sitting in this room this morning. Are we people of the word? Is it something that we desire and crave? I am excited to, to hear the kids up here this morning. Joe and Miriam, Zach and Teresa, I applaud you. They know the word. Is that something that they will continue to take with them through their elementary years, their high school years, their college years, and into their early family life and through all of their life? I ask us this morning, does the Bible shape our lives? Does the Bible bring us close as families? Does the Bible and the Word of God have anything to do with our daily life? Or has our mentality been shaped by the view of the Bible that it's just something to be pushed aside? Do we have a view that the Bible is just good for the pastor to read on Sunday morning? I was in a Bible study several years ago and we were studying the New Testament and, and I was sitting next to some people and they had their markers out and they were highlighting things and one of the ladies that I was sitting next to took a black marker out and started scratching things out of her Bible, marking them out. And I looked at her and I said, you know, why are you doing that? I said, this is God's word for us. And she just shook her head. She said, this isn't God's word. This is man's word. And it has no call for me. I was hurt. Because someone had such a low view of God's word. Now I'm sure that no one here this morning would do that. But I ask you, does the Bible have any special meaning in our lives? Now over the past several weeks, we've been following the progress of the building of the wall in Jerusalem by, by looking at a man named Nehemiah. And we've learned in the past weeks that people went through some pretty tough times. They worked together. Moms and dads and children and rich people and poor people and the priest and, and the working class and the rich class, they all worked together to build the wall. It was an exciting time, but they faced a lot of persecution. The enemies would laugh at them and say, you're only using used materials. Even a fox, if it jumps on your wall, it will tip the wall over. And they were laughed at and mocked and persecuted. But the people didn't give up. And the wall was finished. And finally the people are protected. Can you imagine what a great feeling this was for Nehemiah? The great task was finished with, with the help of all the people, but also with God's help. And every chapter that we looked at so far had some kind of trouble mentioned. The enemies tried to discourage. Families were upset with one another. There's been so much opposition. But now in this morning's scripture passage, we have a change. And I believe in all the book of Nehemiah, this is one of the, the most exciting passages that we can read. It tells of a large Bible conference. 
People finally gathered together, families, all those who could understand, gathered together to hear the word of God. Both Nehemiah and the priest Ezra put the word of God first in their city life. After the wall was built, they didn't have a huge celebration and, and a big party and a street sale or whatever they had. They first wanted to hear God's word. And after they heard God's word, it was then that they could celebrate. What I find exciting as I read this passage where the people's attitude about listening to God's word, it says, if I said you had to read it, the people listened attentively. It was something that, that they wanted to hear. The people didn't drag themselves out of bed to quickly hear a few passages from the Bible and, and then go home and do their thing. They didn't say, I suppose we better go. We better drag the kids along with us. It's something that we have to do. The people asked for the word to be read. They wanted to hear God's word, the Torah to be read. The word is something that we should all desire to be heard today. And then Ezra, the priest, he brings out the book and he stood on a platform so that all the people could hear. And when he opened the book, the people had reverence for the law and they stood up. He read from the Torah and the law and he blessed it as God's word for the people. Now as the law was being read, the people stood up for five to six hours a day the whole week to hear the word of God. The people wanted to be there listening. I was talking to a pastor friend that preached in a, a church in downtown Grand Rapids. And he was doing pulpit supply for him. And he said, Brad, he said, it was the strangest thing. He said, I had a, a great message prepared. And, and uh, he said, the, the elders of the church came up to me and said, you know, we're glad to have you here to preach with us, Reverend. And uh, can you keep your message to seven minutes? He said, "Excuse me." He said, I, I, "I'm studying, you know, to, to you know to serve communion to your congregation." And he said, "I want to share the word." No, well, no, Pastor, you know, this is summertime, and we really want to keep our worship service down to about forty minutes. And uh, by the time we, we, we sing a few songs and, and we have a congregational prayer and, and we serve communion, we really think that you need to be down to about seven minutes. <laughs> He's just kind of, wow. So he gets up and he starts preaching and, and he says, I have to admit, he says, I kind of went over the seven minutes. And uh, he says, I was just, he says, I was in the, just really into preaching. You know, the spirit was working, and he said, I was preaching. And he said, then came an elder and sat down in the second row and started going like this. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, it was crazy. He said, I just preached longer. But that's what's happening, right? I've been told I preach too long. We've got to keep it short. Amen. <laughs> you know, we don't want to spend time in the Word. You know, 
spend time with God and listening to him speak to us is something that's very special. I was thinking as I was thinking this, I was thinking as my kids get older and I get older, I get to be an old codger. The kids say, you know, drag, drag their kids to, let's go see Grandma Grandma Langstrad again. And, uh, and they say, you know, Grandma's just, just getting the old and boring. But I still love my kids. I hope grandkids. And I hope they never see me as an old codger that's old and boring. But as God's children, our society has made God into someone that's old and boring. That we really have no longer time to listen to. This morning I want to take some things from the first Bible conference, shall I say. The first thing is it caused people to look back. We all have fond memories that we like to look at and uh, to reflect on picture books and things like that. Here the people heard the law of God, and it didn't bring back fond memories. So we're going to do what they did. Let's all stand up. We're not going to be able to stand for six hours, but uh, let's all stand up, and we're going to open up the law of God, and we're going to listen to exactly what the people listened to from Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments. And God spoke all of these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above, on the earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But I show love to the thousands of generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, your manservant or maidservant, nor the animals, nor the ailing within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth to see in all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given to you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not cover your neighbor's house. You shall not cover your neighbor's wife, his manservant, his maidservant, his ox or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Amen. When the people that just had finished building the wall heard this law, their minds drifted back to the story of Moses and how the people disobeyed how the people turned away from God on their way to the promised land. And they eventually led to the destruction. And then we, they began to reflect on everything that the people did evil out in the desert. They started to weep. The people then started to realize that maybe they too had forgotten about God, a God who was so good to them. 
Now think of this in your mind. Here we have Ezra reading the word of God and 50 to 75,000 people standing in front of him weeping and mourning because they realized that they failed the God who's loved them. We just read the law this morning and how we do it. I was talking to a guy from Holland that I know pretty well, and he says, you know, every Sunday we read the, the, the law in our church. He said, we have to reflect on the law, and then we have a time of confession to say how we feel the law. And he said, you know, he said, Brad, he said, just the other day, he said, it kind of struck me. He said, I thought I'm living a pretty good life. He said, I treat everybody fairly. He said, I pray often. He said, I take good care of my family and kids. But he said, all of a sudden, on this past Sunday morning, he said, I realized how often I break the Ten Commandments. He said, there are times, he said, I catch myself using God's name in vain. He said, you know what, my kids and grandkids hear that. He says, I know that, that I love things more than I love God. He said, I know I look to my neighbor and see what he has, and I want the same things or better things. He said, I thought I'd never been an adulterer before in my life, but I, I, I realized that even if I think about it in my mind, I've already committed adultery. He said, Brad, he said, I really don't go out and steal things, but he said, I'll admit to you. He said, every once in a while, he said, I've had a few hours of my job. He said, when I heard the Ten Commandments last Sunday, he said, I thought, man, i got to do better. I don't measure up to God's standards. How are we doing? We may not study the Ten Commandments every Sunday here. But when I just read it, how are we doing? You know, we're all in the same boat, aren't we? Where we have little sins or big sins, the punishment is still the same. And it's something to warn about. But here's what's exciting about this passage. The story doesn't end there. Nehemiah said to all the people, this is a holy day to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. He says, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Let's say it. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah is telling the people, guys, look around. Look at the walls that we've built. We're a protected people of God. We were once crushed. We were homeless. But today we are strong, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. This is a holy day. Don't look to the back and see how bad we failed, but now we can look forward to the future, how God will bless us. Turn your heart to the word. Listen to that. This is a holy day. Every day is a holy day. Now I know I've shared this with you before, but I love old people. Mark, that's why I like hanging around you. You know, I, I love old people. You know, and uh, you know, old people make me smile to some of the things they say. And, and but you know what? A lot of wisdom. If you're ever wondering what to do? Go visit a nursing home and listen to some people. And uh, when I lived in Iowa, there's a, a lady that I loved to visit. Her name was Effie. She was 98 years old. 
and just as sharp as a tack. You know, she's just a great lady. And she was always in such a great mood. You know, a lot of people at the nursing home, I can understand, I'd be grumpy too, you know. Um, just the smell sometimes and the way you're treated there. But Auntie, she was always in a great mood. And she'd tell stories of, of early history in Northwest Iowa and how she'd have to pick corn by hand and such and such. One day I said, Auntie, why are you always in such a good mood? He said, this isn't the greatest place to live, and yet, you know, you, you're always with a smile. The nurses love to be around you. Why is that, Auntie? And she looked up to me with a smile on her face, and she says, Domini, and that's Dutch for, for pastor. Domini, God gave me this day not to pout or cry, but to enjoy it, because I don't have many days left. God gave me this day good to me. What a saint. Each day was holy to her because it was a gift from God. I don't have much time left, she says. You know, we don't know how much time we have left. But may we look at each day, Jeff, as a holy day, as a gift from God. We need to make every day count because it's a great day. Yesterday's done. Today is here. It'll be over like that. But it's still a great day. And the sins of our past, and we failed in the past, can be wiped clean. We can rejoice in every moment that God has given to us. Now, I admit, Annika, do I ever get crabby? Yeah. It's easy to get crabby, to get grumpy to look at the worst things around us. But we need to take time out and to say, look how God has blessed us this day. And every day should be holy because it's a day God gave to us. And Ezra and Nehemiah are telling the people, guys, we can read the word and it can break our heart. But God is good to us. This is a day to celebrate. And the celebration didn't end there for the people were told to build booths and tents on the roofs of their house and to celebrate the festival of booze. And now, that's a Jewish festival that we're not familiar with. But, you know, Bob and Julie, I celebrate with you. Because next Friday, what are you going to be doing? Camping. Camping. There are people that love to camp in our congregation. Mike has a, a camping machine. It's not really a camping machine. It's, it's a Hilton going down the road. That's really not camping. But, you know, fireplace and a camper. Can you believe that? Happy life, happy life. It's not right, Mike. You know. But we have campers in our congregation. John, you like to go camping with the boys, right? Really, Nehemiah is saying the celebration of booze is really a celebration of camping. So Bob and Julie, when you're out this next week, think about that, that you're really celebrating an Old Testament festival, festival of the booze. Let's look at that. The festival of booze symbolized the wandering in the desert for the people. And God would soon lead them to the promised land. The people were camping for a long time in the desert, living in temporary structures, looking forward to getting into the promised land. The people camped, looking forward to the future. The 
third aspect of this scripture passage is to look forward to the future. Now, Carl and I, we used to camp, but I believe that God created Ramonicans for a purpose, you know. Um, but, you know, camping is good. The Jewish people celebrated the festival of booze to look forward to the future. So, Nehemiah Hazard said, go get branches. Go get all the tree branches and palm branches and let's make booze. Let's, let's make tents and sleeping structures so that we can sleep in and remember what the people did in the, in the wilderness that we're looking forward to the promised land. Let's look forward. And I ask you today, what are we looking forward to? What are we looking forward to? Can you believe that? that something we get excited about? That God loved us so very much. He's like preparing a place for you in heaven. No matter how crappy it gets here on earth, I'm preparing a place for you in heaven. It's written that one of the major crazes in America today is learning about the future. Um, Ouija boards are making a big comeback now. Can you believe that? Who had Ouija boards when you were kids? Any of you? That's here. I can believe you had one. We, you know, my friends down the street had one. You know, Mike, did you have one? I had some friends before they went to college. They, they had one. Stupid, right? Did it work? No. You always have some smart kid that's always moving around. You know, you're supposed to have your eyes shut. Some kids moving around for you. you know? But you know, they're making a big comeback. I'm like, why? One of the biggest money makers on 900 numbers is no longer sexual fantasies. But what is it? Psychic helplines. What the world, Jeff? Do you have to call a 900 number to tell you what the future is going to be? No. no. People want to know the future before it happens. But I'm going to be like Ezra telling the people that after they built the wall. We don't have to worry about the future. Because it's in God's hands. I don't know what will happen tomorrow. But key, it's in God's hands, right? I can't predict the future. <clears throat> but by reading God's word and accepting God's love through Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, if we ask to have our sins forgiven, we got a great future, right? God's word proclaims that. And it's a great promise. Isn't that something to rejoice about? Isn't that something just to get excited about? It's not only enough just to read the word of God, but to receive the word, and we need to rejoice in it. To get excited. God has given us his word to respect and to honor to read, to listen, and to obey. And I want to encourage all of us to work together here in West Michigan, Jenison, Michigan, Granville, Michigan, Byron Center, Hudsonville, or Zealand, that we're right here where God has planted us, to give God's word respect and honor, to read it with our families, to read it at home, 
is then that we can see our past that's been forgiven. That we can enjoy the moment that we have right now. Jeff, we can enjoy it right now, even with your knee brakes on. Right? Sure. Absolutely. And we can look forward to the future. Because God is with us. Let's pray. Holy and gracious God, I thank you for the scripture passage this morning. An awesome passage for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And at times we know that we get overwhelmed and we get crushed and people are making fun and holding us back. But Father, we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength and we can rejoice in each day that you give to us. This is a beautiful day. Let us celebrate and bless us in all that we do and say. Father, we look forward to the future because you have our best interest in mind because you love us. Amen.